Hey, what's going on, everyone? From Forward Progress, I'm Rob Pozzola, and this is On the Clock, the show where we put ourselves in the shoes of an NFL GM, and we go through a seven-round mock draft for their respective team. This is not the first one we've done here. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Forward Progress channel. You'll get notifications whenever we put out a new video. Also, there's a playlist down below as well where you can just go through all the mock drafts that we have done so far. And today, we are on the clock with the Kansas City Chiefs. We will bring in a Kansas City Chiefs fan. You know him here on Forward Progress. It's Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. I see you got the hat out and everything. Yeah, Super Bowl champs. This is going to be an interesting one because... Uh, Eric, I did I did a mock draft for the Cincinnati Bengals already, a team that was very close to the Super Bowl, and I got crucified in the comments for not drafting based off of positions of need for the Bengals. But it got too late in the first round. I was like, you know what? Cincinnati, they're almost there. They were almost there in the Super Bowl last year. Why not just take best player available in a lot of these instances? I'm curious how you'll approach this with Kansas City. Do you draft based off of need or are you in the same mindset of me where you just go for value at that point? Yeah, I think that, you know, with a team like the Chiefs, like once you have the the most important position resolved, you sort of bank on the fact that you really have no needs. And, you know, and, and you just kind of, you know, it's, it's, you talk less about the cards and more about basic strategy in this case, right? Which is to take, you know, premium positions, get that fifth year option on a premium position, um, and, you know, let the, and trade back if teams offer you the trade back. But I know, uh, that, you know, that's, that's not necessarily what we're going to do here, but like, you, you, it's, I, I, you deploy basic strategy. Don't worry so much about needs. Like if you need a player to produce for you to win a Super Bowl, you're not that close to a Super Bowl in the draft. Yep. I'm, I'm of the same mindset as you. So we'll look at the actual needs for Kansas city here. Um, because people are very interested in that. They've had an interesting off season, Orlando Brown, uh, signs with the Bengals, Juan Thornhill with the Browns. They lose Juju Smith-Schuster to the New England Patriots. They bring in Drew Tranquil from the Chargers, and they sign Jawan Taylor as well. Taking a look at the depth chart right now, walk us through what you see here on the offensive side of the ball and particularly where you think the Chiefs might be able to improve going into next year. Yeah, I mean, like at wide receiver, people are not going to like the depth. I think, you know, Valdez Scantling is a is an actual starter in the NFL and, you know, from there you have Tony and Moore who are a first and second round pick respectively. But, you know, beyond that, and this is a weak link system, you look at the second tier guys for this team. Smith Marset's a fifth round pick of the Vikings, hasn't been able to really make it. Powell's a fifth round pick of the Chiefs, and he's been on the practice squad the last two years. And Richie James is just a guy who was, who was signed uh, recently who had a decent season for the Giants, but is not a starting caliber player. So you're looking at depth at wide receiver. It is a place where they can certainly look. And then you look at tackle. Jawan Taylor's been a right tackle for the Jaguars uh, for most of his career. Now, he, unlike Orlando Brown, has expressed being okay with playing right tackle. So if there was a left tackle available in the draft, that you know that would be something. But you know they've set themselves up right now um, to not need any particular position. And that, you know, that's important. They can pick the best player available on the offset offensive side of the ball if that were if that were their prerogative. Yeah. I've actually seen some tight end mocked to the Chiefs late in the first round. We're like, well, you know, they already have Travis Kelsey. Well, Travis Kelsey's getting old as well. And and I think to your point, you look at the roster up and down, and it's like, okay, yeah, they 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 could use a wide receiver. Do they need one? They just won a Super Bowl without a clear cut number one wide receiver. So it's not exactly a need, but it was would be an area to improve. Let's take a look at the defense, Eric, as well. 
Um, obviously, George Karlaftis, which they, who they drafted last year. Chris Jones at, at defensive tackle is just kind of like that staple of that defense. But overall, top to bottom, what do you see here? Yeah, a sneaky need is defensive tackle, though. Chris Jones is on his last uh, year of his contract. They let um, they let Kylan Saunders walk. Uh, you know, so now it's Trishon Wharton coming off of a knee injury. Um, Derek Nottie's not a particularly great player anymore. And, Char- it, you know, Charles Amenahu is going to be more of a Michael Bennett kind of player for them who plays inside outside. Um, and so there's going to be some pass rush from him in on the interior, but interior defensive lines, a sneaky position of need. Uh, Karloftis is more of a second defensive end than he is a first defensive end and a man who's never really been a lead guy. So the defensive ends also need linebacker seems like, you know, they got two second round picks there in gay and Bolton. Uh, Tranquil comes over from the Chargers. I think they're fine there, especially considering Chanel was also a day two pick last year. Corner, you know, uh, Legereus needs a free agent after this year, so that might be a situation. But, you know, you look at last year's draft, it was Johnson, Watson, uh, Joshua Williams, and McDuffie were all picked last year. That that Those are players who, uh, you know, I think that they have depth there, and then they, they got depth signings and free agency and Mike Edwards, and then they re-signed. Uh, you know, Devin Bush as well. So I think secondary and linebacker, they're mostly fine. I, I'd be surprised if they went high there. Um, but defensive line, both interior and edge, are going to be places that they're going to need some players. All right, let's get uh, into it. So for anyone who's new here, we are drafting as if we're in the position of Kansas City Chiefs general manager. It's not what do we think the team is going to do when they get to their pick in the first round. Uh, and throughout the rest of the draft, because we're doing a seven-round mock draft here. It's what would we do in that situation? And of course, at the end of this all, we'll get a draft grade via Pro Football Focus because we're using their mock draft tool. And we'll get draft grades from you via the comments. If you do want to let us know how you thought we did, let us know. Sometimes people agree with the mock draft. Sometimes people disagree. You're entitled to your opinion. But regardless, we do value the feedback. So I'm going to bring in the mock draft tool here. And just so that everyone knows, setting it to seven rounds, We'll start it off at slow speed because I do like to just see how the top of the draft goes. We're selecting the Kansas City Chiefs picking 31st overall, and we're keeping the rest of the settings the exact same uh, as PFF, you know, uh, their their standard settings, so to speak. So we're going to enter the draft here, Eric, and get started. Um, Curious. I, I think I know exactly where you stand on this, but we're picking 31st. If there's someone that you potentially really love for the Chiefs here, is there any consideration to trading up in this first round? Or is this one of those where you're just likely to sit back and hold the pick? They have 10, I think 11 picks. Um, I know Veach has only traded back once in his career. And even last year where everybody kind of gave him a, a grade of being kind of woke because he had 10 picks, he still traded up for Trent McDuffie. I think I wouldn't trade up um, because I don't need a quarterback. Um, but I do think like, just if we're being predictive here, I do think that beach might trade up. I think, you know, a a little bit of politics here. The fact that the draft is in Kansas city means I don't think that there's a chance in hell that they trade out of the 31st pick. That's a very good point. And I didn't think of that at all because obviously you'd have some pretty upset fans, uh, home fans there who want to see a draft pick on day one. Um, if there was one guy that you think Kansas city might be targeting, of like, this is our standout guy that we really want? Who do you think it would be? Uh, good question. I Quinton, Quinton Johnston gives me kind of vibes where he would fit in. He's kind of a, he's kind of a juju type player, and they really have it. Like, Sky Moore is kind of partly replacing him, partly replacing McCall Hardman. 
that would be somebody who would I think who I would think of. My, you know, I know they like Tyree Wilson a lot, but Tyree Wilson's not going past the top ten, and you have to give up a, an absolute uh, wagon of picks to go to go up and get him. Um, those would be two that I would think. And then you know, let's say the tackle market is not as hot as people believe. Like I think you know when you when you think about you know, one of those two guys, Paris Johnson. Like let's say he were to fall unexpectedly to the mid teens, maybe mm-hmm. they think about that, and then they could sort of have like a rookie deal guy at left tackle, Jawan Taylor at right tackle. That could be uh, you know a scenario it, wherein they trade up. In most recent rock drafts, I've seen a lot of uh, Anton Harrison getting mocked to the Chiefs late in the first round, and also Will McDonald the fourth seems to be a pretty popular um, mock drafty at this point now. So we'll get the, the draft started. Uh, and again, this will be slow, probably till the first four quarterbacks go off the board. And then we will uh, we will see where we go from there. So Bryce Young to Carolina, Anthony Richardson to Houston, which I don't actually think is outside the realm of possibility. No. Will Anderson Jr., CJ Stroud, Skoronsky to Seattle. It's a lie, but... Yeah, Jalen Carter. This will probably be Levis right there. Okay, so we have our first, you know... This is pretty much how every mock draft shakes out with four of the QBs going in the first seven picks. I could personally see Will Levis dropping in the draft this year, but there is enough of an appetite for QBs this year that I'm comfortable with it. So I'm going to set the speed to fast and we'll get to the 31st pick as soon as we can here. Yeah. So it's Statistically gonna speaking, that last quarterback does always fall. Like it seems, you know, so uh, whether you think that last quarterback is Levis or whether you think that last quarterback um, is, uh, is, um, Hennon Hooker, you know, that, Hooker, that's really yeah, the yeah. question. Yeah. Good point. Uh, so Will McDonald went off at 29th to the saints. Uh, I drafted some edge rushers for the saints this year in a previous mock draft. Saints fans got very, very upset at me for saying Cameron Jordan is no longer an elite player. He's just very good. I think that's the truth. But anyways, we're on to 31 here. Anton Harrison is available. Um, other options, Emmanuel Forbes, Felix Anadike Uzoma, um, BJ Ojolari, Edge Rusher LSU. You have your interior defensive lineman from Michigan as well. Dewan Jones is there. So I'll hand it over to you. We also do have six trade options available to us, with the highest being the 33rd pick from Houston. It would upset the Chiefs fans, but might be an option here. Yeah, so right now I'm a big fan of Felix Azuke Uzama and, you know, seeing where he is, um, you know, Houston has already taken a QB. So, you know, moving up to that 32, if they're going to, and BJ Ojolari is another great player. Anton Harrison is like kind of everything the Chiefs want though, right? He's 21 years old, just literally turned that um, four, four, nine, eight speed, um, you know, coming out as a junior, you know, uh, I think they, they, you know, it's sort of that interesting thing where, you know, you see a team like will fire a head coach and hire the exact opposite. The Chiefs did that at tackle. They they had the, the worst athleticism score tackle in the history of the PFF database when I was there in Orlando Brown. They go and, and they get uh, Juwan Taylor there uh, to replace him. I think that they they go ahead and get Anton Harrison here. Give, give uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes a, a, a tackle there with athleticism. Um, and then they, you know, they, they decide what to do with Taylor left or right. Uh, you know, once they see whether or not he's ready to play right away. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in Anton Harrison here. Uh, just from the, the PFF ADP, this fits the mold. PFF's obviously pretty high on him, ranking him 24th, just seeing where he's mocked in general. 
uh, mock drafts right now. This isn't a reach at all. I talked about it right before we actually started the draft. Anton Harrison is is often mocked to the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, if you're comfortable with it, I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. Perfect. All right. Anton Harrison, round one. So we're waiting to 63 here, which is uh, the end of round two. As uh, a bunch of players go off of the board, just trying to see if there's anyone I can catch my eye on. That seems like a pretty big reach. I haven't seen anything yet. So we're down to 63. Tanner McKee is going to be here at this point in every single mock draft we ever do because PFF loves him and ranks him 37th. Uh, Tuli Tuipolutu, I'm gonna like I'm gonna butcher this until the end of time. Edge rusher available here um, seems pretty good from an ADP standpoint. Nathaniel Dell is always here as well for wide receiver out of Houston because of uh, where PFF mocks him as well. But I can go down the board or we can filter by position. What are your thoughts here? Aaron? Yeah, it's so it's so funny because like I obviously had a hand in building this and like there was always like Zayvon Collins was the one that always would go in round three that year. And like, so we always have this, um, you know, here are some, you know, they're not going to do this, but I do think Zach Charbonnet is, is a guy who could be a, a Chiefs uh, player just because, you know, they, they need a running back and, you know, they had, you know, without, you know, they might trade Edwards Alaire. And if you looked at the, the draft, the, uh, the depth chart before um, it was basically uh, Pacheco, Edwards Alaire, and then no one else. And, and Pacheco's a seventh round pick um, draft status is still a really big deal. Um, and so, you know, you could think about Pacheco being a change of pace back with his speed to a guy like Charbonnet, who's fast, but not like a burner. He's more of a physical kind of runner. Um, so that's one option. Um, what are the what do the trades look like? I kind of want to because I, I look at this and I'm like, I'm not super, you know, uh, I'm not super uh, in love with any of these players. And so like a trade back feels to me like a situation where I can get, uh, you know, some value here. Yeah, if we want to go back three picks to Arizona, we can offer something there. There's lots of scenarios where teams are willing to trade up here, basically. Yeah, and this this is where I'm. Um, so, yeah, so. This is where I'm looking at if I'm Kansas City and I'm trying to win three of the next seven Super Bowls, this is where you say, okay, do I really want to get, do I need draft capital this year, right? Or do I do I go in the future? And generally speaking, the discount rate for teams, especially teams now, Arizona has a new GM, so he might be willing to, to value picks in the future more highly. But this is a situation where I say, okay, I'll give you 63 um, you give me 66 and a round two pick next year, knowing that that round two pick for Arizona is going to be bad. Now that pick will not, that won't be accepted. So that doesn't look, so if I go round three, let's see what that same, same deal. No, nope. so they're still okay. So, cause that pick is going to be basically right at the beginning of round mm -hmm. of round three, uh, in all, in all honesty. So knowing that that's not the case, um, what if you go future round four, what do you think? That's very likely. We can maybe try to do like two future round fours and see what happens. Yeah, I would try that and see if the if they if they give us a little bit of a drunk uh, randomness there. We did not get the okay. drunk randomness. I'll make that maybe a six, and then we can move to the you know, and they'll probably accept it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. So that yeah. So you you move back a little bit. And accrue, um, and accrue future draft capital. Future I, draft I, picks because you're trying to because ultimately you had a ten draft pick draft last year. You're gonna you have eleven picks this year. You you don't you don't necessarily have roster spots for all these players, and you want your your young talent to be staggered. You had you had Humphrey and Smith who are going to be second contract guys. 
uh, you know, Sneed now coming up this year. Last year you had a bunch of starters picked. So you're you're going to want to spread out your young players. So that's a way to do it. And, and to your point, this 2024 round four pick from Arizona is b- basically like a late round three w- with yeah. where they're projected to, to be this season with Kyler Murray coming off of injury uh, and no quarterback in place for them yet. So we'll resume this and get to our 66 pick. Uh, so the, who went so- off? Charbonnet went yeah, off. So the now board. you still get two to a topu, right? Like and yep. and you you got a future four and a future six in the in the process. So that's the risk you take when you trade back. But um I, I'm gonna go ahead and let 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 me make sure that I I you know, as as we sort of go through, here's a six foot three, two hundred and sixty-six pound edge. It's a little short for what Spagnola likes to do, but that two sixty-six is an important size. Like all their defensive ends are that are that big. You had improvement every single year at USC. He's only he's less than 21 years old, right? So you also have that going for him as well. Um, so to me, I think that that's a good value. And you pick up a future four and a future six in the process. Shades of DeMarvin Leal. I, lo- I always love looking at the comps, no matter yeah. how good or bad they might be. It just really gives a perspective on the player. So we're going with Thule. Yep. All right. Yep. He's in. And we're... Drafting next at number 95. I didn't realize how many picks the Chiefs have this year in, yeah. in total. Well, the Tyree Kill trade was five picks. Good point. Completely forgot about that. Okay. Um, we're at pick number 95. Travis Hodges Tomlinson is available here. Um, again, I think this is a little bit influenced by his PFF rank and where he's drafted in these mock drafts, but this seems like a decent enough range for him. Um, another edge rusher in Isaiah McGuire. You got Jamie Robinson, safety, Florida State. Um, Chandler Zavala, interior alignment, NC State. Anything stand out, stand out, out to you here, Eric? Uh, not really. I You just passed another running back that I like for them and Dwayne McBride uh, from UAB. That's a little bit high, of course. Uh, his rank in PFF, you know, is pretty good relative to this position. Um, it'd be interesting to see what's trade. I actually, like, I don't know how crazy we've gotten, but I think, you know, for me, for my money right now, you could also think about a possibility of a a trade for a wide receiver here on a veteran wide receiver as well, um, because you're not getting a ton in the way of wide receivers coming off the board here. Um, Corner would be tough. Safety, I think, would be tough. Um, You know, a third round pick for a backup guard would be tough as well. Um, We could also go the, the, the local Missouri kid. Uh, to to beef up defensive end because they don't have that there with Isaiah McGuire. Um, have to look again at some of his at, at some of his measurable six four two sixty eight. That's exactly kind of a Spagnolo end as well. Um, so to me, this could be another possibility here, right? Where you're looking at a big defensive end. You already have Karloftis. Um, you you picked a, 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 an end in round two. Um, you know, Charles Amenahu is a guy you only gave 10 million per year to, or 8 million per year to. So that, that could be another one where you take a premium position player. Um, their next pick comes up fairly, you know, we could also look at trades. There's only two trades there. So we don't even have to like, you know, examine it that much. The saints are all the way back to 115. Um, that's not that big of a drop, frankly, uh, value wise. So, you know, we could also trade, try to trade for another future round four if we wanted to, or, we could do some sort of swap where, um, you know, you go 95 and 95 and 134 for 15, 115 and see what that, because again, with the same idea, and then maybe they give us 140, yeah, round four, 
future round three. Yeah, that let's see how that one goes. Yeah, the future round three would be nice, I think, here. So we'll reject it. Saints right. driving a hard bargain over here. Yeah, these that, these they trades they are getting really tougher. In that, in that good of a position to be doing this, but um, what if you gave up 122 instead of 134 and you still try to get that three there? We got okay, it. so we get that. And again, like, yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those situations where I don't think they're crazy about, I'm not crazy about any of those players there. So I'm not all that upset about giving up capital there. Um, because again, this is a, this is a team that needs depth, not like stars. So, well, I, I love this strategy because the, the chiefs are the super bowl favorites. They just won the super bowl. They're in the betting markets, the super bowl favorites again next year. This is a team that doesn't necessarily need to immediately improve. And they're still yeah. going to be the favorite because they have Patrick Mahomes. So why not accrue additional draft capital for all these other years where they can continue to bolster the squad? I like well, this idea. And not only that, but like Kadarius Tony was what a two and a five, yep. or a three and a five. I, I, yeah. So if you get in the middle of a season and you need to trade, you know, let's say, you know, God, you know, God, uh, you know, knock on wood, but like a guy gets injured, you need this draft capital to go and actually get players in the middle of the season. So this is kind of what I'm looking at here as the. And none of these guys are going to help the Chiefs this year statistically, right? So, you know, on average. So that that's kind of where I'm, I'm my mind is at. Yeah, I think at this point, like this part of the draft, you're looking for guys who are just going to fill holes, like be depth players, or you just catch lightning in a bottle, which can occasionally happen. Obviously, we're in the you know mid-round four here right now. It's not like you can't get an NFL player at a round four, but the likelihood of that happening and them stepping into a starter's role this year is virtually non-existent. Yep. Um... Okay, so we're still like trenches guys here. Um, Sean Tucker does seem like a Chiefs kind of running back, um, but a little bit different. Um, let me look at, we have not seen a wide receiver anywhere close to on the board. I think that's, that's a defect in the PFF system more than it, than it is uh, anything fundamental. Um yeah, so I mean, Jonathan Mingo is a guy that a lot of people like, right? And you're still getting a value here. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at I, I would probably, drafts. Yeah, I also so, like Xavier Hutchinson. He's a little bit different than what Chiefs the Chiefs like in that he's more of a contested ball receiver, from what I can tell. Um, but yeah, I let's let's take Jonathan Mingo here and 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 you know at least give the Chiefs some depth at wide receiver. Yeah, so I was looking at the NFL mock draft database big board, and uh, Jonathan Mingo is averaging an ADP of 102. So I think this is a pretty decent spot for him as well. So Jonathan Mingo, Mississippi, coming in at 115. Then we drop down to 134. Okay. Yeah, so now you're in a position where, like, you know, even if you have uh, established players, you're still in a position where you can you can take some players. So, you know, even though you do have a great center and a, and a couple of great guards, you can consider interior offensive line here if yep. you really want to. Um, you know, we talk about interior defensive line, this Kobe Turner here. Um, you're, you're getting a value relative to the PFF board. Um, let me let me add let me make sure that he you know fits sort of what the Chiefs want as far as size. You know, six three two ninety. Um, you know, pretty good against the run. Pretty good. I mean, is kind of a good all around player. Um, let's go ahead and fill the need there with the, with the defensive tackle. 
what do you make of guys who have like these amazing grades and it like obviously it's a the pff grading system there's some people who love it some people who hate it or whatever but i i look at something like that and i'm like wow like this is a very consistent college career i'm, I'm not sure yeah. if you put any stock into that yeah i mean like you have the the grady jarrett situation where he was obviously much better than than you know his draft position and he graded well in pff but you also have like maurice hurst who, mm. who does similarly I think for him, it's size, right? It's size, you know, the fact he's only 6'3 and 290. Um, but yeah, obviously Aaron Donald is that size as well. So that, that's an, an interesting, uh, you know, sort of uh, conundrum there. So we're at 166 now, which yeah, is so the we, final pick. We've taken edge, wide receiver, defensive interior player, and tackle, right, so far? Correct. We have all the Chiefs' needs accounted for, even though we really didn't come out looking for need. Um ADP here for some of the, yeah. Um, hmm. What have we looked at wide receiver again? Yep, we can totally do that. Uh, Dontavian Wicks from Virginia. And then there seems to be a pretty steep drop off to yeah. anyone else. Yeah, Ronnie Bell is a good ball player, but that you're, you're taking him too high. Dante Demas. Have made some plays at Maryland, um, but you're you're looking too high there. What if we went to tight end? I I actually don't like the Chiefs taking a tight end high, but I don't mind it later on. Um, you, but here you probably you are familiar with Josh. Latu is a guy I like late, uh, mm -hmm. Alabama kind of playmaker guy. But um, but I don't know how much he adds over Blake Bell and Jody Fortson though. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say I I, I have looked up uh, Duntavian Wicks in other mock drafts, and it seems like he goes a lot higher than this range pretty regularly, um, as high as like early 120s a lot of times as well. I'm not sure if you want to go that route or if you think it's a fit, but from, what is, from what a does value the trade market look like for the pick? Yeah, trades, just the one pick. It's Tampa at 175. So what if what if we got so we're in round five here? What if we what if we what if we flip for two future fives? I wonder if they will take that. No, they won't even do it for one future five. Okay. I don't um yeah. like two sixes is a hundred percent. A six, so they won't they don't want to give up their 2024 round five, basically. Yeah. Which makes sense because they're expected to be pretty bad. Yeah. Try try this trade and see if it works. The, the, the six and five. Six and a five. Okay. Oh, they, it already it gave it nothing, huh? Well, let, let's try it. I, I think there might be some sort of quirk. Let's. It, it worked. There we go. We got it. So we trade out because we don't really like anybody there. Chiefs fans are gonna be mad, but delay gratification. <laughs> um. And then here, like, okay, so we have. Vilami Fahoku, right? So yep. I'm looking at that, you know, he, you know, when I, when I look at it, an, you know, edges later in the draft, edge is a pretty solid position. So it's tough in a lot of ways to, to say you're getting a ton of value here. But again, this is another chief six foot four, 276. Uh, you know, San Jose state is not, you know, the best, you know, place as far as, uh, you know, Mountain West isn't the greatest, but you're looking here, um, you know, he was involved in 12 sacks, you know, 50 hurries. You know, this is this is a pretty productive player for a defense, you know, that 
you know, San Jose State had a great defense the last two years. So last three years, I think pandemic year where it was even their best. So let's go with him and put some depth in defensive defensive line for the Chiefs. All right. We're there. Now we're getting into the later round picks. The dog days uh, of 217. Yeah, 217 would be round seven. And then I guess 249 and 250 would be compensatory picks for something. Um, mm-hmm. Which you used to not be able to trade, but you can trade them now, which is good. Right. Um, okay, let's look at wide receiver and see if we if we get any pickups here that are... Okay. Um, yeah, so you're not getting any value there. We're going to nope. have to, we're going to probably have to trade, you know, trade for a wide receiver later on now that we only got one in the draft. Um, what about tight, tight end? end? Not much. Similarly, either. they all got, came yeah. off the board. Um, let's look back at, at offensive tackle and, or just a line in general, but yeah. So we'll go interior line and offensive tackle. Jordan McFadden. Tackle from yeah. Clemson. Um, I guess Jake Witt, we don't even know what school or he's from. Yeah, he's just a guy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of ta- – the Chiefs have a lot of tackles. They don't have a lot of interior offensive line depth. Um, so, you know, Nalon from, from USC might be, might be a good, you know, possibility as backup. Like, you know, Creed Humphrey has never missed a game as a member of the Chiefs. And so that, you know, that might be a worry – um, you know, if you're talking about depth, they don't really have, they have Nick Allegretti who they brought back. Um, but you know, you know, you're looking at a, a guy who got a 90.2 grade, I mean, 86.2 grade in consecutive years, top five center, uh, PFF grades gave up zero sacks, zero hits, eight hurries last year, only seven hurry, sorry, only, only nine total pressures the year before, um, or not, sorry, 10 total pressures, nine hurries the year before, you know, so Pretty good pass protector, um, you know, guy who can move in the Andy Reid offense and be in 6'2", 295. So let, let's go with that as an interior line depth guy. Brett Nalon from USC. So now we're going down to 249, 250. We're picking back-to-back, which I always find is nice. Just can yeah. scope multiple players, get them out of the way. 249 is the final pick of the seventh round, and then 250 compensatory. So McFadden's still there. That's interesting. Um, You almost have to take him on value alone, whatever BFF's missing versus whatever the market believes. But even here, ADP 219 or so. So let's go with McFadden to give O-line depth. And then, all right, hit. let's look at running backs. I need to to at least, you know, try to hit hit on Pacheco twice in a row. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I like Travis Dye. Um, I, he's got a lot of tread on the tires. A guy who I actually really like as somebody who has uh, bet a lot of money on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers in the past is this uh, is is Peoples from uh, 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 Appalachian State, absolutely. Cameron Peoples. That's a good like kind of zone runner. Uh, you know, very much. I, the Chiefs don't run as much zone as they used to, but uh, that's a guy that I kind of like. Exit. I did have a decent number of props on this validate guy from Arizona State as well, but um, just I'm going to go Cameron Peoples for the for the for the Appalachian State Mountaineers here uh, as the last pick to try to to try to at least get one running back into the stable here. I will always love waiting to see what the grade is at the end of the draft. I think you're yeah. probably going to get a pretty solid grade here. I think we did well for value and need, so 
Um, and I know that, I mean, you were probably part of whoever put the algorithm together to grade this. So, so yeah, I, I, I was, it. yeah. I mean, Timo Risky did a lot of this work during the pandemic, but yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of shared uh, values on, on uh, the R and D side of PFF. So uh, it's evolved since I left, so I can't take full credit, but what do so we, what Tuli, do we got here? Tuli Tuiapolotu gets you an A plus as does Villami Fohoku. We knew that that was going to happen. Jordan McFadden, A plus overall draft grade, an A, an A. So I, I think we got downgraded a bit for some of the trades. I mean, not horrible scores, B minus C plus B's, but like, I think it was pretty clear what we were trying to do with the, do with the trades. I think those made a lot of logical sense. So overall we get an A, which I, I honestly think is pretty fair. I, it's tough to draft for a team like the chiefs because they have the best quarterback on the planet and it's just like surround them with talent type of thing. But I think overall we did a pretty good job here. Yeah, I think it's just hard, like you said. And the only thing that makes me a little bit is wide receiver wasn't, you know, the wide receiver didn't present itself very well. But I, I, I think with Mingo, like relative to the PFF board, I pushed it. But uh, I think relative to most boards, that's a reasonable pick in round four. And you know, there wasn't really a guy that you loved it at thirty-one because you know PFF does a positional value thing, and wide receivers have a lot of positional value, so they're always going to go higher in these drafts than I think reality uh, would indicate. So. If you're the Chiefs in one of these, you're never going to, unless you trade up, get a wide receiver you like, I think. So, I mean, we we accrued so much future draft capital that if we need to go out and get a receiver on, like, the market, it's pretty easy to do that as well. So, yeah, overall, and those picks are always going to be worth less. Those picks are going to be worth more in August than they are in April. And in, you're an August team, not an April team. Absolutely. If you did enjoy the content that we put together today, here on On The Clock, make sure you smash that like button. Give us a thumbs up. Helps people find this content out there on YouTube. And of course, if you're not subscribed to the Forward Progress channel yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. We're putting out a ton of draft content heading up to the NFL draft this year. So make sure you're subscribed. You'll get notifications whenever we put out a new episode here of On The Clock. And of course, you can always follow us on Twitter as well, at Forward Progress HQ on Twitter. Let us know in the comments how you think myself and Eric did today. Don't hold back if you think we stunk. Believe me, some other fan bases, Patriots, Bengals, Seahawks, they're not holding back on how we did for their draft. So let us know one way or another. But if you did think we did a good job, let us know that as well. For myself, Rob Pozzola, for Eric Eager of Sumer Sports, make sure you check them out on Twitter as well. This has been On the Clock with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs>